This is my comeback story. This is my comeback story. This is Trey Lewis with Good Landing Recovery, and you're listening to The Comeback. Tonight, um, we are going to be in the book of Jonah at some point tonight. Um, just want to remind you as we get in to this, um, you know, just some... Somebody mentioned, one of the graduates mentioned tonight that, that you get a season to focus on yourself. I mean, I, I want you to understand how valuable that is and don't be in such a hurry to blow past it. I mean, I think that's the temptation when we get these seasons to practice. You know, somebody was talking about tonight of like, man, this is all practice. And soon and very soon, sooner than you probably think, not 90 days might, I, I, I don't know. I, I know when you're so caught up in that world and you're thinking 90 days, I'm going to give away. 90 days is nothing, okay? It's absolutely nothing. And what I mean whenever I run a pro forma Um, Anybody do business in here? Okay, when you're going to start a company, you would typically build what is called a pro forma or to a a this performance projection of what the company can do in the first year, right? If you're going to mow yards or you're going to, you know, sell four wheelers or you're going to do whatever, you're going to say like, okay, well, here's what it's going to cost to get started. Okay, here's startup costs. I got to hire these people. And then in month one, I've got to sell this much or I've got to be able to book this much business to be able to produce this amount of income. Okay, and then I can sustain right there because I got a little bit of savings. But at some point, the business is going to have to pay for you and all of its employees. You have to look at that, right? And you're going to have to look. And, and, and a lot of people that are going to come out of the gate are going to realize I'm going to have to suffer now. Right, you've heard the thing that I think Zig Ziglar said that I'm going to do the things now that nobody else will do. I'm going to make sacrifices now so that I can live like nobody else is living later on. Right? That, that's one of the great things that I learned whenever I started Good Landing. Whenever I talked to a guy that started a company, he goes, he goes, everybody sees me now with all my land and my farm and my cows, you know what I'm saying, and all the people that work for me. He goes, but what sometimes they forget was when I was living in a double-wide trailer writing software. Wasn't nothing sexy about that. Wasn't nothing cool about living in a double-wide trailer writing software with this dream in his heart but that hadn't produced yet, but he had to pay a price on the front end so he could live a different life later. Now, some of you could come in here and say, man, this is expensive, or I, I don't have 90 days to give. Let me tell you something. I, I can't, what, what, if I, what if I said, man, you give me $30,000 right now. You go get me $30,000, and I'm going to pay you $2 million over the course of your lifetime in investments. There's not one of you. I said it's guaranteed, no risk. Give me 30 G's, I'm gonna give you 1.5 million back. There's not one of you that wouldn't go in there and steal from your grandmama to take that deal. And I am telling you, what if you don't get this right? If you don't get it right, how much money are you gonna spend in missed opportunities because you're not employable? How many times are you going to be, even, even if you're one of those that can go and work a job, let's say you're one of, those, one of those rare that can actually show up and you can still be blowed out of your mind and generate revenue. What kind of dumb decisions are you going to make? What kind of incredible, phenomenal decision making when you're out of your mind and you go buy some truck you can't afford? When you go buy some, something you can't afford or you're out blowing it on gambling or whatever it is, I am telling you by all, by, by just even if you took 
all the spiritual benefits and everything, and so maybe, maybe some of you aren't there. If we just run straight numbers, you can't afford not to get this season of your life right. Then I can show it to you on a pro forma. You have to get this right. You have to. There's, I mean, it's the best deal on the planet. Give me 90 days of your life, and you finish this thing. And I'm telling you, people say, Trey, what's your success rate? I'll tell you what my success rate is. It's 100% of the people that do what I tell them to do. 100% success rate. If you do these principles, you will succeed. If you don't, see you in a couple months. <laughs> right? <laughs> I don't want to see you in a couple of months. But if you do this, I'm just, I'm just telling you, you learn this stuff, apply this. It, 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 it's the greatest investment on the planet right now. You won't find a better one. You cannot find a better investment right now of what it's going to do for your quality of life. To be able to walk into God's promises. To have peace. To be able to be comfortable in your own skin. To have confidence to know real freedom, to understand the blood of Jesus and the price that he paid so that we could walk free and to be standing there in the middle of any social circle and know, man, I, I belong here because of the goodness and grace of God. That I'm not second class to anybody. And that you can stand there and God will be so good in your life and show you so much as you give your life to him that literally that you can forget or, or at least it won't have the impact that your past has on you right now. That's how it is. Now, I'm not saying that there won't be hard things. This has been a hard year. I was thinking about it today. I'm like, man, 2020 was a breeze. 2021 about to turn me into a killer, right? <laughs> I mean, it, this has been a rough year for me on multiple fronts. I mean, every time I'll come out of something, I'll be like, all right, smooth sailing. Bang. bang. I mean, it's just, it just, it just, and you're just like, gosh, man. But even in that, like, I don't forget that, 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 that God is going to come through. I mean, I think that's what so many of us want so desperately in the deep needs of, of, of our soul and our hearts of God. But we want to come through, right? Don't you want to come through for people? Don't you want to come through for your kids? You know, I mean, I, I hear these dads down here. I, mean, I want to come through for you. Man, your dreams are my dreams. What they're saying is, man, I, I, I want to come through for you. I want to come through for somebody. And, and, and not some cheap way that you go out and you come through on Scoring some pills or scoring some dope for somebody, but to really come through in a way that is substantial, that's going to have impact in somebody's life. I want to come through for my kids. I want to be able to hand off a company, an asset to my children. If they want to run Good Landing, come and run Good Landing. You know, or whatever their dreams might be, that, that if they're saying, man, Dad, I've got a dream, I, I want to do this. I'm saying, man, I want to get in the trenches with you and fight and be present. You know, not to be some drunk that it's like a 50-50 shot that I might even be there, might not. And they've got to sit around and remember stories that they shouldn't have to remember. And they have to lie to themselves and to believe, either believe a lie to make themselves feel okay about me or to call it what it is and possibly live the rest of their life bitter and seeing therapists and trying to deal with all these father wounds because of me not being present or me not being there. Understand that that's what's on the line. I'm inviting you in tonight to be very serious. And, 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 and as I've said before, it should be a sobering moment as you come in to these services to, to realize what is exactly on the line. 
These are the things that are on the line. Your legacy is on the line. Generations to come, that is what is on the line. Your community, that's what's on the line. Your family, those dynamics, all those things that are important. I mean, they talk about it all the time. All those people that are sitting right there on hospice over at Gwinnett Medical Center right now at Northside Gwinnett, what do you think they're thinking about? Exactly right. That's they're thinking about what they didn't do. They're thinking about relationships. They're thinking about children. They're thinking about brothers and sisters and wish that they would have forgiven. Wish that they would have let the bitterness go in their lives and not held people to these standards and, and locked into some kind of idea that empowered them to be mad and angry. They're wishing, man, I wish that I would have done something about that. I wish that I could have let that go. I wish that I knew this God that I'm about to meet face to face. All those years that I spent whenever I was in the strength of my youth, making fun of everything spiritual, making fun of God, being profane about all of the things of God. Now, it gets really serious. I'll never forget, I did a homeless shelter Bible study over in California. This guy that would always mock Never really show up to services, always have something smart to say. And I think he got throat cancer, and he asked to see me. He could no longer talk, and I went up to the hospital there in Santa Maria, California, in northern Santa Barbara County, and I went up there to his room, and he couldn't talk, and he was very alert. And I didn't know anything to do in the situation. I was a very young believer. I prayed, and then I preached the gospel to him. And I got out of there, and I walked out there, and I got in the elevator. And when, I, and when I go back and look there, I'm pretty sure that he died before I got to the bottom of that elevator, before I walked out of there. And this guy that had spent all this time making fun of those services, not wanting to have anything to do with it. Life was a big joke, got life by the tail. He was living in a homeless shelter. That alone should have had his attention. But, you know, here we are, and our arrogance and pride can be living in the aftermath of a shattered life, and we'll still want to mock those things which are designed to be able to save our lives. It is, it is an amazing thing when, I, when we really consider pride and how much that we need God, how desperate that we should be for Him. You know, I think about some of the objections that we may face in here. You know, sin is fun for a season. All of us should know that sin, the fun season of sin, has played out. You know, I was talking with somebody today at lunch, talking about how much fun it used to be whenever he used to shoot cocaine. But there, towards the end of his addiction, that he would shoot cocaine, and all he would do is spend all of his time in the bathroom with paranoia that people were out to get him. The cops were coming. Somebody was out to get him. And we live in the prison like that, but yet we can come and there's something called euphoric recall that we'll think back to those days of whenever we were 16 and we just started drinking. You won't think about what actually brought you in here. I mean, I think about somebody that just relapsed recently. I saw today that he was at some cemetery out in the middle of nowhere looking on Life 360 of knowing the torment, knowing his drug of choice, knowing where it took him, knowing what he was thinking when he ran out of here and it justified going out to use, going out to put dope back in his body again and how good that must have felt whenever that dope first hit his system. How amazing. Oh, how I've missed you. Oh, I remember this feeling. Three, four hours in, it starts to fade, and here comes the paranoia. Here comes the regret. Here comes the phone calls back to the other house managers that are full of tears and weeping and regret. All because of these coping skills 
I would start taking those more seriously when your mind gets into a place where you feel justified to go back to that old life. You realize at that point, that is a lie that the enemy is feeding to you, that you are believing that your addictive mind is starting to produce in you to get you to abandon the community and the faith which is designed to save you. And at that point, the coping skill is is to call somebody who is worth their weight in salt and say, man, here's what I am thinking right now. I was offended today. I've been offended a couple of times. And I am thinking about revisiting that old life that brought me through the doors of good landing. And somebody needs to say to you, I am telling you that will play out in one of two ways. You will either die or you will go to prison or at the very best that you will go back through yet another treatment center. Sin is fun for a season. Everybody in this room should know that that season is over. It's not fun anymore. It's not fun what it produces. Anybody in here like jail? Like being locked up? Anybody in here still convinced that's cool? I mean, it is, we need to look at these things the way that they are to make sure that we don't provide any value to them. Some of you are probably mad at God. You're frustrated. Some of you have suffered great abuse, great tragedy at the hands of those that you should have been able to trust. I understand that. That's hard. We live in a fallen world. God doesn't always intervene. And he has to be able to give us choice. And because bad things happen in a fallen world does not mean that God is bad. And I will tell you, he is your ticket out of this thing. There are things that happen in my life. I don't understand why 2021 has been the year that it's been. I don't understand why the attacks, why the audits, why all of these things that have impacted my life when we didn't see any of that. And, 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 you know, and, and, and you could so easily be like, God, why are you doing this to me? But the thing is, is I know that God is not doing this to me. And though he may allow it for my own good, that I can trust the nature and character of God, that he is good. And that in the middle of all of these storms and all these unpleasantries that we have to experience going and fighting the battle of active addiction, I don't understand why we got diagnosed with this condition. I don't understand why we, we have this, this problem with impulse thinking. I don't understand why we have this disease of the pleasures. I, I don't know why. But I'm not going to sit around and question the goodness of God because I know that he's my ticket out of here, that I'm convinced of this one thing, that he is good and that he is faithful and that he is my only hope. Maybe you don't like God's ways. You know, and I'll just say to you that, that I hear you, but whenever you get your own universe, you can make up your own rules. I don't, I don't know, you know. I, I really don't know other way how, how to say it. This is, this is his universe. These are his rules, and he put us here for his glory, and he loves us. I do know that. Probably not the theological response that you were looking for, but it works for me. It's not my universe. You know, there's somebody in the Bible 
His name is Jonah. He also didn't like God's ways. It says in Jonah 1, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and crowd against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa, found a ship going to Tarshish. As far from where God told him to go as he could possibly go, that is what Jonah did. Anybody find any similarities there with your life? God has a plan. God has a call for your life. And I promise you, it wasn't active addiction. God didn't call you to be a dope fiend. God didn't call you to be an alcoholic. God didn't call you to pee on the carpet in your bedroom. That's not his plan for your life. He didn't call you to throw up and, and, and to do all of those things that come along with it. Wasn't his plan for your life. And so what happens is God has a plan for our lives. And so often we find ourselves running in the different direction. You know, maybe we don't jump on a boat, but here it is. God, what God is saying is he wants, he wants Jonah to go and to preach in this place called Nineveh. Nineveh is a wicked place. Nineveh was known for killing people, for skinning them alive, for raping pregnant women, splitting, you know, and using skin as tapestries and doing all of these gruesome things. And Jonah knew that if he was calling Jonah to go and preach, that God still might want to save these people. And it offended Jonah. I mean, think about people that have done horrible things to you or to your family or to your children. And if God said, I want you to go and preach to them, you're like, I don't think so. I mean, we can kind of look at Jonah and be like, why, why didn't you go and do this? But what, what, what if God told you today, hey, I want you to go over to, to Afghanistan and, and preach to the terrorists over there. I want you to go in and preach to the Taliban. I want you to go in over there and I want you to preach to these extremists who want to kill you who can't stand Americans, you'd be like, nah, man, <laughs> I'm going to do that on a Zoom call. I'll send them a video. I ain't going. You know, and, and I don't want them to get saved. I want the judgment to come. I mean, I want God to drop some serious, I mean, I want God to raise up the United States military to go over there and hand them exactly what they deserve. And so God's telling Jonah to go. And what you have to realize is, Jonah is so offended at the goodness of God that he goes the opposite direction. That should be really good news for people in here. Because sometimes, man, we think that God's this angry, you know, cosmic, old, you know, white man up in the sky that's just like, yeah, I hate drug addicts. You know, that's where people want us, society wants us to believe, man. You're out there, you're having fun. There better not be any dancing, better not be any movies. No, you nasty little vapors, I just hate you. You know, like, you little strawberry cheesecake, whatever you're smoking. God, you know, and the, and the deal is, and the deal is, is that God so desperately loves us. I mean, God is wanting to save this group of people right here. I mean, this is to demonstrate how much that God wants to see us in freedom. He wants to see us repent of our ways and to walk in the life that he has. Some of you say, man, this, this repentance, I, I don't know. It's just, it, it comes from the root word metanoia. Metanoia just means a changed mind. Change your mind. Man, I was once this way. I walked a certain way. I was, I was indoctrinated by, by Tupac and, 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 and all of those and Bone Thugs and Harmony. You know what I'm saying? And all those people that I was indoctrinated by. He said, man, you got you to gotta walk away from that, man. You can't let Crazy Bone be telling you how to live your life. You can't, man. 
You can't. You got to stop being the ghetto cowboy and the ghetto superstar. You can't be that way anymore, man. You got to find a different way to walk. You know what I'm saying? I'm taking y'all way back, you know? I'm taking y'all way back, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. You can't. And, and he's saying, man, I, you, you, you need to find a different way to live. A metanoia, a changed mind. Nothing more powerful than a changed mind. I don't want you to leave here tonight kind of on the fence, you know. Do I, do I, do I want to kind of keep one foot in, one foot out? You know, God's doing something special here tonight. I want to steward it well. Man, I see people that are really getting touched by the Lord. There's real conversions. And I, what I want you to understand is it's a difference of being touched by God. You can be in a service tonight. Maybe Rebecca was singing the worship song that you really liked or, 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 or sang a line tonight that really touched you and you felt a warm, salty tear rolling down, you know, and you're thinking, man, that's the, pre- and it, maybe it is, maybe that is the presence of God, but I'm telling you, there's a difference between being touched and really being converted. And then you've got to make real decisions to position yourself, and you have to steward that well. You have to steward that well. That means that whenever you leave here tonight, man, you go and do something different. You have to. I mean, when I think about my life, I know real quick that I can start inching my way back into that old life. Man, little compromises. It needs to be a full immersion. It doesn't need to be, man, I'm going to go over here and just kind of check on this old recovery thing. I'm going to check on this Jesus thing. It is, it is a full, man, it needs to be like, dude, I'm not going to touch that stuff any longer. All of that stuff that might drag me back into that old world is typically going to be friends. It's going to be your friends. It's going to be your music. It's going to be the stuff that you, that you watch, that you look at. I mean, you, it, it's a changing of that. I remember whenever I got saved, man, I, I could not wait to be around people that love the Lord. I wanted to be with them. I wanted to understand. I didn't care what denomination. I didn't get caught up in all of those kinds of things. I'm just saying, man, if you love, I don't care if you're a Pentecostal, Methodist, Baptist, whatever you might be. You love Jesus. You can help me in my relationship. I just wanted more of him. I changed what I was listening to. I changed who I hung out with. I changed the girls that I was going out with. I changed all of those things because I wanted a different way of life. And I would encourage you to do that while you're here. You have to do that while you're here. Because if you can't do it in here, if you can't do it in the laboratory, this place is designed to facilitate real change. And if you can't practice that in this environment, I promise you, as my brother talked about, when those lights come on and when it really starts out there, you have to be able to do it in here. You have to. You've got to be able to strengthen that muscle to be assertive. When somebody's telling the war stories, when somebody is promoting something in your life, trying to pull that out of you, you have to be able to shut that down. You have to. If you can't do that in here in the minor leagues, there's no way that you're going to do it. At the next level. 
So Jonah ran the wrong way like so many of us did. But the Lord sent out a great wind on the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea. I mean, this story, is, there's so many parallels to active addiction, man. I run away from God. God starts to bless you in here. You know how many times that I see people have a court date in here? Man, I'm looking at two years. They got me with this, 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 this. And I got the date, man. Can you please write me a letter, right? And we do all the things. And then God does the miracle in the courtroom. And they come back, and you're like, you're not going to believe it. You're not going to believe my turn looked at me today and said, man, I've never seen that happen before. I've never seen it happen before. They didn't give me anything. All they gave me is probation, whatever it was. And then all of a sudden I see them slipping right back like God does the thing for them. And they were so obedient, walked the line, and then all of a sudden they forget about the Lord. And they walk away from him. And then I find out, oh, they've overdosed. Oh, there's a storm. There's a tempest. There's a violent storm that they've invited back into their life. God is doing a work in you. You have a choice. You want that hell back in your life. You have the power to invite all of that hell back in your life. You go back out there with those same people, do that same stuff, and that same storm that you begged God to deliver you from. How many times in here have y'all prayed, we want to lay down the bravado, we want to lay down the ego. How many times when those blue lights, you see them, how many times when you're parenting with God, do anything, man, do it, just stop this, man. I hate who I've become. I hate the person that I am. I hate being sick, man. I hate that this bag of dope, I hate that this bottle of wine, I hate that this bourbon, I hate that this fill in the blank, that it drives and controls my life. And it causes me to compromise. It causes people to look down on me with disdain. People that used to respect me, that they now look at me with disdain. That's a bad feeling. I remember that feeling so well in my life and how horrible that was. And I don't ever want to return to that life again. You know, and there were people on this boat. And guess what? It said, then the mariners were afraid. And every man cried out to his God and threw the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten the load. But Jonah had gone down into the lowest parts of the ship, had laid down and was fast asleep. He was so, it's, it's an, another picture of when we commit to this way of life, man, that all hell can be breaking loose. And we're just numb to it. We're just saying, man, I'm just going to go ahead and run this thing off in, in, in the trance that we've fallen under, that if we're not careful, where we're not even feeling the conviction anymore. So the captain came to him and said to him, what do you mean, sleeper? Rise, call on your God. And see, see, what you have to understand is right here, all these people that were on this boat, that were going in a certain direction, doing what they were supposed to be doing, because Jonah was being disobedient. He was causing the living hell in their life. There's some of you in this room that you need to throw people out of your boat. They are the ones that are causing the storm in your boat. Some of you were thrown out of other people's boat, and that's why you're getting landing, okay? Your parents finally said, you get out of the boat, you're going to get landing, okay? Love you, you're out, you're gone. And, but, but I also want you to understand, too, as you leave here, we, we have all these relationships. I realize where you're at in your life. You, you know, you, you, you've only got a few new friends and they're probably a good landing. And all of your long-term friends that have the inside jokes, that have all the cool stuff, that have the history there. A lot of times those are the most toxic relationships that you have. But I'm telling you, if you don't throw them out of the boat, then they're going to be there and they're going to cause a storm in your life that you don't want when you get out of here. 
mean, I hear it all the time. Somebody went home on pass. Their, their best friend showed up. So proud of them, they got their 60 days and dropped some Adderall off in their hand. So proud of you. You know, here, here, and they, you know what? They've got the best of intentions. I mean, how many of your friends right now, they're like, man, I saw, you know, it's great. Saw you post a Bible verse on Facebook. Let's go get a beer. Amazing, man. Let's go, you know, whatever it might be. And, 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 and intention doesn't equal impact. So many people have the best of intentions, but they're going to have the wrong impact in your life. I'm sure in some weird way that I cared about my friends whenever I was out there with my unregenerated mind, my degenerate mind and the advice that I would give them out of my unredeemed, unregenerated, degenerate mind. <laughs> and, you know, and, and you think about the advice that you, that you would give people, you know, like, you know, and, and the counsel, you know, of, of what you should do, you know, you should clearly go and shoot up their house because they stole $25 worth of dope from you. You should clearly, you know, go and teach your super toxic ex-girlfriend a lesson by getting in a relationship with another super toxic girl because that's really gonna, and then you're the one that ends up destroyed. Best of intentions, horrible outcome. People in your boat you need to throw out. The men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, why have you done this? Jonah tells them, man, I've, I've ran from the Lord. So they decided to throw him out of the boat. Nevertheless, the men, they rowed hard. They couldn't do it. They felt horrible. They threw him out of the boat. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. So Jonah was in there. He's so frustrated. This is something that always strikes me is so strange in here. It says he was in there three days and three nights. And then in Jonah 2 verse 1, it says, then Jonah prayed. So it means the guy was so disgruntled. He was so frustrated, so mad at God's plan that he stayed in the belly of the well for three days before he actually cried out. Some of y'all are like that. Some of y'all been up here, you've been through 10 treatment centers and you're still like, I ain't, I ain't giving it all the way. I'm, I'm keeping this. You know what I'm saying? Like, God, you can, you, can have, you can have the dope, but you're not going to have my toxic relationships. You know, you're not going to have my friendships. Me and Leroy have been friends for 20 years. You know, and you can have the meth and the heroin, but you ain't going to have my weed because I'm going to be smoking weed on the porch, cool old grandma, what, you know, just whatever nonsense you have in your mind. It's going to kill you. It's going to kill you. Three days this old man sat in this well. I would be, as soon as I saw the well, I would have been like, Lord. <laughs> I'm done. I'll go. I'll breach. Let them all get saved. I don't care what they've done. I'm not, you know, and here this guy is. I mean, it's like I can just see him out in the Mediterranean or Pacific, you know, wherever he is, kind of like, I ain't, I ain't calling out to the Lord. I don't care. I'll just, I'll die before those, you know, and he's in there three days. And then finally, he starts to pray and he really starts to prophesy. And, and this is what I mean when I say, man, you need to learn God's word. You need to learn how to minister to yourself. Learn how to prophesy over your own lives. I mean, I just want you to listen to this, okay? We think about the sinner's prayer, right? Dear Jesus, I'm a sinner. I've messed up. I know you sent Jesus to die on the cross. He died, raised again three days later. Sit at the right hand of the Father. I give you my life. You know, and, and that's, that is good theology. And that's exactly what's going on here. But, but I, I just want you to understand, here Jonah is away from God. And this is what he prays. Out of the belly of Sheol, out of the belly 
of a certain level of hell, I cried, and you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. Does this sound like active addiction to anybody? Covered up in something that you cannot get out of. Into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. All your billows and your waves passed over me. Then I said, I have been cast out of your sight. Yet I will look again towards you. You see how he started to prophesy? Man, again, I am getting ready to look back towards you, Jesus. I have looked at all other things. Man, I have looked at the dope. I have looked at the women. I have looked at the, at the bad relationships. I have looked at all of that, God. I am turning my gaze back to you. I remember a time in my life where you worked. And I am fixing my gaze back on you again, Jesus. I don't want these lesser things, man. I am not, I don't want other ways, man. I don't want other lovers, man. I am fixing my gaze back on you again, Jesus. I am coming back to the heart of worship. I'm coming back to what I was made for, to know my creator, God. I am coming back to you and you alone. The water surrounded me, even to my soul. The deep closed around me. Weeds were wrapped around my head. I went down to the moorings of the mountains. The earth with its bars closed behind me forever. Yet you have brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. He's not out yet. Do you understand what he's saying? He's not out right now. And he's saying, yet you have brought up my life from the pit. He knows that God's going to come through for him. Man, you can sit here right now facing whatever you're facing. Divorce might be imminent. Your kids might not want to have anything to do with you. You lost your job. Everything feels like it's coming down on you. That, that, that just, that, that, that operation shock and awe from the enemy has been dropped on your life. And you're saying, God, I know that you're going to bring me up out of this. Even though that I'm the one that caused the mess, God, I know that you're the one that is my deliverer that will bring me up out of this. You can, you can stand on that promise even if you're the one that caused it. And we did. We're the ones that did this. Trey and Trey alone was responsible for the choices that I made. But I knew and believed as I learned God's word and I can prophesy. I mean, you guys need to, you know, when, he, when, when you talk about worship, you, when you talk about, man, it doesn't matter who's looking, who's whatever. Man, I'm going to preach and prophesy in the same way that I am preaching to you tonight. I will preach and prophesy over my own life. And I will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. And though it has been a hard year, I know that God is going to come through. And our best is still in front of us. And we haven't even scratched the surface of the goodness of God that will just be displayed in my life, in Good Landing's life, in our team's life, in our clients' lives. The things that God is going to do and the way that he is going to expand us. Though it might not feel like that right now, I promise you that he will come through. And before this year is out, that we will see miracles on top of miracles, grace on top of grace, prosperity on top of prosperity that will blow people's mind, that people that will see this stuff and say, man, only God, only God does that. Only God comes through like that. That's what we live in. That's what we walk in. That, that is when you get the word and the spirit on the inside of you, man, that you speak these things. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. I'm not going to curse my future. I'm not going to get in agreement with the enemy. We may stumble at times, man, but we, like Jonah right here, before he was delivered, yet you have brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. When my soul fainted, when my mind, will, and emotions fainted within me, I remembered the Lord and my prayer went up to you. 
and to your holy temple. You hear us even whenever our soul faints, even whenever our mind, will, and emotions faint. God, you still hear. You hear, you hear the broken prayer. You hear us when we're not at our best. Those who regard worthless idols forsake their own mercy, but I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving. Why is worship so important? Why is it so important, man, that when we get up in the morning, that when we're here on Friday nights, any chance that we get, man, I want to worship with the voice of thanksgiving. God, thank you for where I'm at. I just think about all the different seasons of my life. You know, Holly, my wife, is here tonight. I think about our... <laughs> that's right. <laughs> she used to put up with me. She definitely deserves all of that plus. Um, and, and, you know, and just, I mean, I remember our first apartment. I mean, just over at the, at the Overlook and, and how proud I was of that, that little place. And, you know, I mean, it was just it was nothing, you know, but I just, just always stayed grateful. Our first house that we bought over in, in Auburn, you know, that's just, I mean, it's just, I mean, I just, just you, you staying grateful, staying grateful for, for where you're at, the life that you've got, you know, where you're at right now, that you're alive, that God's given you breath. If you still, if you have breath, man, you are one. I mean, you're, 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 you're one of the blessed ones, man. So many don't even have this chance that we have right now. So many people that have sat in these seats right now that just wish that they would have taken this thing seriously, would have done something different. With the voice of thanksgiving, we're going to sacrifice. I will pay what I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. So the Lord spoke to the fish and it vomited Jonah onto dry land so that he could go back and have a do-over. He gets a chance now to go back and to walk into God's will and God's purpose for his life. Know, man, that God is giving you a great do-over. He is giving you another chance at life. Take it seriously. The choices that you make, they matter. They really matter. God puts a lot of dignity on the choice. There's grace there whenever we mess up, but grace is also there to empower us not to be the person that we were whenever we came in here. Amen? Amen. Cool. Y'all ready to get out of here? Let's do it. <laughs> Let's pray. Lord, we love you, God. I thank you so much, Lord, for good landing for everybody in here tonight, God, that you have given us a do-over to do it right, God. I pray that if there's anybody in here tonight that doesn't know you, I'm just going to say to you right now, if you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, it is a simple prayer. It is believing in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead of saying, God, I've been convicted tonight. I give you my life. It's that simple. You can pray that with somebody that's, that, that's spiritual, that knows the Lord. You can come grab me. You can pray it on your own. Be converted. Ask Jesus into your heart. He's the one that's going to give you the power to be able to overcome. Learn God's word. I'm back preaching again. Learn God's word. Get it in you. Y'all ain't going nowhere. It's a little exercise. Some of y'all think y'all are leaving. You ain't going nowhere. I'm just kidding. And the deal is, is that you, you get the word on the inside of you so that you can pray and prophesy over your own life. Learn God's word. Learn his truth. Man, that's in there. Right there. That's somebody that is in the belly of the well that hadn't been delivered yet. Start speaking God's truth before it even happens. That's not Pentecostal whatever. That's for everybody. That's basic Christianity 101. Learn his word and speak it over your lives. You want to walk into freedom? Like, dude, we don't have time to play religious games. I promise you that. We face real devils. I don't have time to play theological games and people tell me that the gifts aren't for the day and God's not moving. Shut up. I've seen too much. 
I've seen it all. I've seen the miraculous. I don't have time to even to debate that nonsense. I hope God gives you a dream, lets an angel show up in front of you, whatever. The deal is, it's real. It's real. God's real. He, he's the, the thermonuclear power that you're looking for that will smash the devil. Don't get caught up in religiosity and a bunch of nonsense. The spirit of the God, the power on the inside of you, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead that lives on the inside of you to be able to raise you up to walk into everything that he has for you. But you have to feed that thing. You have to feed it. Whichever one, you want to feed your flesh, then you're going to reap of the flesh. That means that you're sowing to the flesh, you're sowing destruction. So when you go out there and reap a harvest of prison time, don't look at there and stand there in the courtroom when you've messed up your own life and shake your fist and say, God, how could you do this to me? God didn't do that to you. You're the farmer. You sow to whichever one you want to sow to, and you will reap from whichever one that you choose to sow to. It is on you. You're the farmer. You're the CEO. You're the boss. You get to choose which way. God's the ultimate boss. Don't get me caught up in that. You know what I'm saying. I know some of you being religious. So the Lord spoke to the fish and vomited Jonah onto dry land again. The second chance, you're getting a second chance. God give us strength not to blow it in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm out. Love y'all. Guys, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. It is a privilege and an honor to be able to serve you. If you or someone in your family is struggling with addiction, please give us a call. It's 770-570-7422.